It's the Bengals Nation podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Bengals Nation host Jed Demusi with Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor Richard Skinner. Final go-round on the Bengals Nation podcast. Maybe we'll do an off-season pod. Richard Skinner sure joining me here. Uh, I want to talk about that, that Dolphins game before we get too far into the weeds on some other things. Um, one of the most, I think the only time in the Super Bowl era that 16 points were scored by a team in 29 seconds or 33 seconds or whatever it was. The Bengals coming into that game had only scored 23 points in an entire game, and that was their season high, and then they scored 23 points in the fourth quarter. Remember, they had gone seven full games without a second-half touchdown and somehow managed to score two within a span of 29. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different different. Uh, they hadn't attempted they, they hadn't attempted a two-point conversion right. all season and right. converted two. Converted two. So, I, uh, it, it really was. I mean, if, if that had been a game in which you would have had to have come back to win from that deficit, it probably doesn't happen, right? And then... And it does. I know it, it, we always use the term bengled or, or bengled dumb or a team got bungled, whatever. I mean, it, that felt like the single biggest reverse bengled dumb game in history, right? right. That, that you didn't want – the fan base didn't want you to win, and yet you almost came up with a miracle comeback to win. Uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I guess the best part is – I think we talked about this on Sunday night is, – is for Zach Taylor, um, it's a chance for him to tell the players, listen, you keep grinding – doesn't matter what you're down. Keep keep fighting through it. Look what you did. Nice teaching moment. Kind of even a feel-good moment to a large degree. And the flip side is, as a fan, you're like, hey, that was kind of fun to watch. But they lost. That's what we wanted was the loss. So I think it's a win for everybody when it's, when it's all said and done. This week there was, there was much discussion in the Andy Dalton press conference today as we're taping on uh, Thursday, the day after Christmas. Uh, went, went a little longer than normal, and, and there seemed to be a lot of questions surrounding Andy Dalton's legacy he mentioned that he wanted to be known more for, not just for what he's done on the field, but sort of what he's done in this community. And that's a significant thing no doubt. that he's done. Yeah. Um, it feels like his swan song on Sunday. Yeah, the, the weird part is it's not definitive though, right? I right. mean, well, let's say we get to the off season and, and we nitpick Joe Burrow and we're not quite sure, and I'm talking we meaning the Bengals are not quite sure that Joe Burrow is the, the guy they want to take and, and maybe they look and say hey we like the Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields class a little bit more and let's let's go ahead and while we don't like Joe Burrow enough we do have a guy under contract but yeah I mean for all intents and purposes this definitely feels like it's it's Andy's uh, last start as a, as a Bengals quarterback um, you know I, I uh, fans, I, I, you're not going to get a move on January the 9th, and you're probably not going to sure. get a move on February the 9th, and you're probably not even going to get a move on March the 9th. It will probably come very close to the draft and maybe even after the draft. So don't panic at any point. If you're wanting any Dalton gone, um, I think the only time you would maybe panic is if they don't take Joe, Joe Burrow and they do take Chase Young, and then you're thinking, okay, Andy Dalton's got another year, and, and you'll have to live with that. Um, look, it, it – it, it is interesting when, and people don't like to hear this, I mean, he has set a lot of records yep. in this organization. Sure has. Including, and I know it's a stat that, that a lot of uh, those that, that crunch analytics don't like quarterback rating, but it is a metric. Sure. And it's a metric that's used by everybody. So um, I think it's at least a fair enough metric um, that, that everybody's rated by it. He's the all-time leader in that. He entered this year, if you go to the NFL record and fact book for this year, going into 2019, he is number 20 all-time. Now, he slipped from that because sure. of the year he's yeah. had. But mm-hmm. He was number 20 all-time. And, look, I know that if you look at those, most of those guys have all played within the last 10, 15, 20 years where the passing games have gotten more sophisticated. But, I mean, he has, he has broken some Well, he's some still records. in the top 20 when it's got more sophisticated. Yes, right. No, yeah. no, right. No, it's – 
He's had a very good career. It's the legacy, unfortunately, for the fans are, is going to be um, didn't win a playoff game, um, couldn't get him over the hump, uh, is Blandy Dalton, all the things that people want to talk about negatively. But if you want to look at the macro of taking a guy in the second round in 2011 and the period of time he had success, and it's kind of waned over the last three years as the team has kind of had its talent wane, I think if you'd have told me that Andy Dalton was going to take, be a part of taking this team to five playoffs when they drafted him in 2011, I'd have said, yeah, in what, a 15-year span? I mean, he did that really in a, in a five-year sure. span, yeah. and, and it's gone wayside since then. So I think, I think his legacy should be is I think you look back on this with a, with, a, with a look of, hey, he was actually a pretty good quarterback when all was said and done. And, and honestly, I'm hoping Joe Burrow is just as good. If you take Joe Burrow and you can tell me that he has a career like Andy Dalton, then yes, I'd like him to be better in big moments like Andy was not. I'd like to be better in playoff games when Andy was not. But overall, just from a career standpoint, I think I'll take Andy Dalton's career. It's a pretty good career. This is really the second offseason where Bengals fans are potentially going to get their wish granted. Last year, Marvin Lewis steps away. This season, if they don't win on Sunday, it'll be the worst record in Bengals franchise history. Is is there more of that? And, and I'm not saying anything about what Zach Taylor has done and the team he's put on the field. And so I think he's he's a, the, the book isn't closed on him not yet. All, but right. the point is, is that is this another be careful what you wish for scenario? Now again, with the quarterback as it was last year with the head coach. Yes, I, I think that's always the case, it, it, especially when some guys have had success. Look, if Andy Dalton had come in this league and bombed for five years, I get it. I fully say, look, you know, we've seen that happen across the league. Guy comes in, you know, fairly ballyhooed, first round pick, which Andy was not, but you know, guy that you think is going to be the starter, and he bombs, and you're chasing the next quarterback. I mean. Honestly, as much as the Browns that felt like found Baker Mayfield, it feels like that's slipping away pretty quickly. And are they going to be on the circus sure. of trying to find another quarterback very quickly? And they've yeah. been on that circus for how long? Yeah. Since the Tim Couch draft. And they're not the only franchise. Yeah. There's a lot of franchises. Since coming back into the league. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, since coming back in the league. Um, there's a lot of franchises that chase that quarterback. Yeah. And it, it was hard. I mean, this organization chased it. I thought they chased when they drafted Achilles Smith in 1999. I thought they chased when they drafted David Klingler before that. David Klingler was out of the run and shoot, put up gaudy numbers. It all looked real well and good. That was before, you know, you had guys throwing around like that. And he stunk. Now, part of it was the team also around him stunk, but he stunk. And Kelly Smith came in. Oh, he's got a great arm. And look at the things he's done at Oregon. And, yeah, we are getting the third best quarterback in that draft, but it was a top-heavy quarterback draft. And what happened to Kelly Smith? Go back and look at his career. You talk about one of the worst quarterbacks in NFL history based on draft position. He ranks right up there with Jamarcus Russell, and the line might start there, and, and I'm not so sure the line goes any further beyond those two guys. So Achilles in that group. So I go back to be careful what you wish for. Just be careful. It's, you know, it's, it's, it sounds all simple that I'm watching Joe Burrow, and, man, he's making plays, and he's making plays in, in big games and big situations, and he can do that. Hey, as much as I think the SEC is great, and I know you and I will clash on this because I think the SEC is by far the best conference in the country, and it's not even close. You, you don't. Well, okay. you're not clashing with me on no, that. No, I'm kidding. But I know Big Ten fans <laughs> a lot of times don't want to hear that, Jed. Right. Um, it's still he's doing it against college players, and yes, he's doing yeah. it on a high level. But we've seen guys. I mean, AJ McCarron was making plays at Alabama, not to the level that this guy sure. is doing it at LSU. But AJ McCarron won a national. Well, Greg McElroy won a national championship. Matt Flynn at LSU. Matt Flynn at LSU won a national championship, and Matt Flynn, God love him for having that one great game in Green Bay because it got him paid. <laughs> it did. <laughs> And I'm not, and I'm not trying to rain on the Joe Burrow parade. I get it. To me, he looks like the clear-cut number sure. one quarterback. You need a quarterback. It is time to move on from Andy Dalton. 
But don't sit here and think that the automatic drafting of Joe Burrow is going to suddenly turn the fortunes of this franchise around because they got a lot of other work to do, and they got to get it done. And Joe Burrow still has some work to do. Yes. How much of the hay is in the barn here if he goes out and lays Bums, an egg right. against Oklahoma or if they beat Oklahoma and then they play Clemson sure. and or Ohio State and you get that next performance. and you get that next quarterback Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence which will be in the next right. class no, I mean is is the hay in the barn for for Burrow in terms of can he do something in these next two games potentially that would sour him to Bengals fans right, let's, let's say you have to put five bales of hay in that barn four, <laughs> four bales are in we still have a okay. bale to put in all right you, you know, the sun's setting yeah. you're getting uh, and, I, and I know this is gonna sound like a cop-out when, it, when it's you're I'm asked that or it's talked about um but there is still the evaluation process in the offseason for Joe Burrow. I would doubt he throws at the combine. It probably doesn't benefit him to throw at the combine. Just go do your interviews. He will have a pro day. So they're going to go nitpicking it. You know they are. You know we're going to hear things out of that pro day of, of, ooh, he didn't do this quite as well as we thought. And he doesn't throw it from the left hash to the right boundary quite as well as we thought. And, um, you know, sure. you can't, you're going to hear that. And, and so I think it comes down to the evaluation process. And if, and if the Bengals – Look, the thing about Joe Burrow is it's the easy pick to make because 95% of the fan base would be behind it. Even Ohio State fans who love Chase Young, right. there's a core of them that would say, still got to get Joe Burrow. I'm a Bengals right. fan first. I want Joe Burrow. Um, but if you go through the evaluation and you just have some reservations and sure. you're looking and going, we're still a year or two away from getting all this stuff pieced together anyway, and we think Chase Young is a, is a, is a once-in-a-generation pass rusher, then, yeah, that's the last battle of, the, of, of hay that has to be put up. And, and so um, and, and there's some things they can still do. And the other caveat to it is you still have Andy Dalton under contract right. for one more year. No fans don't want to hear that. They don't want to think that. They don't want to surmise that. They don't want to look into that next year to have that happen. But it, it could. Sure. This may be a question for, for an off-season podcast, but I, I don't think that Zach Taylor anticipated it was going to be easy to be a head coach in the NFL but do you think he thought it was going to be this hard? No, and some of that, the cop-out is injuries, right? But, sure. I mean, 45 minutes into your very first training camp practice as a coach in a place where some people balked at your team going, but you went anyway, and he didn't argue about it. I get it. It's first practice. You lose your best player. I mean, really, 45 minutes in. And, and you know, when you look back on that, initially, remember the time frame was, was such that you thought, okay, he'll, he'll be back pretty soon it won't be yeah. as bad Zach said it, that yeah right. first half of the season yeah, yeah it, it won't be that bad if you'd have told me then and there that they were going to lose him for the rest of the season and that that would set the tone boy what a tone setter that was I mean it, it kind of snowballed um from there and then you know they go to Seattle and have that great first game where all of a sudden our eyes are wide open thinking yep. wow look at some of the differences and the aggressiveness and the defense and all of those things and it just uh, it, it, it went haywire, and I think that the best thing is you know, if they can get this win over Cleveland just to have some level of good feeling going sure. into the offseason and, and, and then kind of hit the reset button in many ways and revamp this roster, which that's not on him. That's on people above him to help do. Then, then yeah, he can start feeling better. But, boy, I know for him it's, it's got to be the snowball. Effect. How do you think he's handled it? I think he's handled it great. Um, look, there's some things I – I could argue if somebody wants to tell me that he needs to take himself out of the play calling mix after this year, I can I can buy that. I mean, if you want to look at it um, realistically, if, if, if you're Zach Taylor, and I've used the term his offensive coordinator, we'll call him Zach Taylor Jr., and he brings Zach Taylor Jr. play caller in, and they have a meeting of evaluating how the season went. Sure. I'm not sure he brings Zach Jr. back. Um, you know, and, and maybe that's a conversation that needs to be had uh, with him and, and, and people in the front office uh, as, as well. But I think other than that, I think he's handled it great. Um, 
he's been dealt that tough hand with Cordy Glenn. I thought he poked a few little things at that today that, you know, was got a little wry small when he talked about Cordy coming back and kind of how that situation played itself out. I mean, he had to deal with, I think, I mean, I'll be honest, I think AJ could have come back and played, and he had to deal with him making right. a business decision to not play and handle that without rolling AJ under the bus, which I think can be very, very hard. I mean, I, I, I know myself, if it's me up there at some point and I'm frustrated with it, I'm probably just going to call it is what it is. I, I really, I, I get that you probably can't do that. After so many weeks yes, of it. Yes, of answering the same thing, knowing right. there's nothing else I can tell you people. It's really not right. up to me any longer. It's up to him and the, and the medical staff. Um, you know, the whole quarterback change, when I still don't believe that was his decision that was made. I think that was above him. Sure. And he just had to roll with it and let the kid fail and then go back to the veteran and uh, you know, uh, it, I think he's been dealt a lot, and I think he's handled it pretty darn well. And it sounded, based on his comments today at the podium, and and take this for for what you will, and he said he wasn't going to talk about any off-season stuff until we get there. Be best on Monday. <laughs> but it sounded it sounded like all members of his coaching coaching staff will be welcome back. You've built a staff that you believe in. There's a reason we hired all these people, and so. Um, as you grow into the role a little bit, empowering them more because, again, sometimes I think you get caught up trying to trying to do too much yourself, which is which is not the smart thing to do. You hired all these great people, let them do their jobs, and and especially guys that you haven't worked with before, you get a better feel for them as the off season goes, as the season goes, and and uh, really really hits home that that we hired the right people, guys that I maybe didn't have a great relationship with before they came here. Um, I've really gotten to know, and so I'm really pleased with the direction of our coaching staff and, and the guys we have here developing these players. I, I believe that. But did, I also, did you sound, did you yeah, hear that? Yeah, but I also believe that, that that's the thing to say now. I, okay. I think you'll see some change. I know people have clamored for Luana Rumo to be gone. I think Lou's done a terrific job. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I know the Miami game was not good, and there have been other moments. Again, go. you really want to go to a fourth coordinator in, in less than two years? Do you really want to do that when – they made some strides, Jed. I thought they made some real strides. Well, and and, 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 and your personnel deficient. Yeah, I mean, and you and you heard Zach Zach Taylor has mentioned it not just in relation to the Dolphin game, but he did say it in relation to Miami, saying we ju- we're just not winning one on one matchups. Right. And that's what he said to the team at halftime against the Dolphins. Right. And I don't know necessarily if that's a defensive coordinator's no, responsibility. No, you're trying to create those one on one matchups, right. So your best players can go win those one on one matchups. So no. Yeah, I mean, you'll probably have a minor change or two for the most part. I know some people are looking at if it's Joe Burrow and, and do, you, do you want a new quarterback's coach. All I know is Aaron Rodgers was livid when Alex Van Pelt was let go in Green Bay. I mean, so if Aaron Rodgers thinks a lot about Alex Van Pelt, tells me that Alex Van Pelt's probably a pretty good quarterback's coach. So I, I think you'll see it. I think you, it's just that's a natural part of the NFL is you'll see, you know, some level of change. But, yeah, I, I, I think this coaching staff, I, I, I can't grade them today. I can't. I, could Jim Turner yeah. be gone? That's a that's an interesting possibility. I guess I, I guess could see some of I could see that maybe. I guess there I is. Jim's done a good job. There's always turnover. Right. But I guess maybe my question is, will the turnover come from the Bengals or will it come from the individual coaches saying, I've got another, I'm moving on. I think more the coaches than it will the Bengals. I think you'll okay. see a, a move or two that the Bengals will make. I mean, somebody will be a sacrificial sure. lamb. Uh, you know, is it the linebackers coach, even though it's not his fault? Is it Jim Turner, even though really it's not his fault? Um, there were some weird things that happened in that offensive line group this season, but I don't know if those were all Jim or any of them were Jim. And Jim's the one that, honestly, he's the one that, that lobbied to change the blocking scheme that all of a sudden got the running game kickstarted. Right. Don't you give him some credit for that? I, I think you should. Yeah.
We'll get back to Richard Skinner and his prediction for the Bengals' season finale in a moment. But first, what you can expect on Bengals Nation, the final one of the season coming up at 11.30 on Saturday night. I've been keeping it 100 all season long with members of the Bengals, and we compiled a best of keeping it 100 segment. One of my favorite interviews that I did on the walk, that was Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. He is serious about pizza. <laughs> I challenge anybody to, uh, I'll let you know where the best pizza is. I haven't I haven't found any yet here, but I haven't tried any yet here. So we'll see. I'm sure I'll find something I like. But you've got to fold it, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, okay. 100%. I won't, I won't sit with anybody that doesn't fold it. We'll have to get up and leave. More from keeping it 100 all season long, including Bobby Hart and being that parent at his children's sporting events. All right, we're wrapping it up, talking about the Cleveland Browns. This is a game that uh, is a rematch from a game that happened at the beginning of the month. And it was a game where the Bengals, by and large, outside of the red zone, outplayed the Browns and probably should have won that game if not for, you know, if you want to say a questionable play call on – on Andy Dalton on fourth and goal, or, or some the, other the, the things. Mixon not getting it on first and goal from the two, and they got Dalton got right. The uh, yeah, the the interception that was called back, all that kind of stuff. So, looking at this game, the Browns were the the media darlings. They were going to win the AFC North, and now they're the only team in in this decade that doesn't have a winning season, as they'll have a, another losing season this year. What uh, what do you make of this matchup? I think the Bengals actually do have something to play for, and I think some of it involves Andy Dalton. I think the veterans in that locker room know that this might be it for Andy, um, and I think he will try to get that thing rallied. I think the fact that Cleveland literally has nothing to play for, and you can argue that about the Bengals too, but I'm mentioning the, the thing to play for is rally behind Andy, right? Get him a win on his last, probably his last Browns may be rallying play. behind Freddie well, if they choose to rally like say, behind that's him. That's the problem. I'm not sure they're going to choose to rally behind <laughs> Freddie. I mean, right. That, that, that's so dysfunctional because – that was on paper a playoff caliber team that really just kind of crapped itself as the season went on. Well, yeah, a first a first year head coach who had never been a coordinator right, right. in the NFL. You had a second year like quarterback, this. but they were more playoff ready than this team roster wise. Sure, and you had uh, you, you the last two seasons the Browns had lost their best offensive lineman. Yeah, right. In, in Joe Thomas and Kevin Zeitler, so this was a team where if you're deficient at when when you have a head coach that's never been a head coach, a quarterback in his second year, and an offensive line that's lost some pieces. Those are three areas yeah. where it's not easy to succeed in the NFL if you're not solid in those spots. And it felt like everything really unraveled for them last weekend when that was the last bullet in the holster to fire to try to beat Baltimore to stay in the playoff hunt. So uh, I, I think the Bengals go out on a winning note. I think it's more to do with, with Cleveland's, Cleveland's being so such a mess than it is anything the Bengals will do. And, and maybe they'll carry Andy Dalton off on the shoulders and he rides off in the sunset, drops the mic, and calls it a day. <laughs> So your prediction would be? I'll go Bengals 27-20. Okay. I'll, I'll give them a, a pretty good point production. They're going to they're gonna catapult off that big last six minutes last week. <laughs> All right, here's my final question yes. for you. What piece of news, what's going to make news in Zach Taylor's Monday press conference coming up after the Browns game? What do you think, can you anticipate, I'm not asking you to necessarily speculate, I guess I am. What do you think is going to be the newsmaker? I don't think there will be because I think there's too many moving pieces. Um, I don't think he can really speak to A.J. Green's potential franchise tag or, or free agency. I don't think he can speak about 
Andy's future completely. Sure. I can speculate a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I don't think there will be a lot. I, I really don't. Um, I, I think uh, he'll get those questions of how much of the overhaul of this roster. I guess the big part is if he says, look, we need to do a lot of things to overhaul this roster. That, to me, would be interesting because I think it's, there's no doubt it has to, that has to take place. You need a bunch of new pieces through the draft, through free agency, um, and they have to be good decisions to make. So, yeah, Monday, I, I honestly, I don't think you're going to find a lot of news nuggets. Okay. I'd be surprised if you found any, to be honest with you. I think if we get one come uh, sometime in, in uh, pre-draft uh, in, in April, I think we'll have a lot of them, or post-free agency in, in March, sure. I think we'll have a lot, of, a lot of news nuggets at that point. I think it's going to be a very, very busy an interesting offseason because of the potential of what do they do with A.J. Green? What does he do? What do you do with Andy Dalton? What do you do to maybe make some trades of other guys? Maybe you move some other pieces. I think there's a lot of lot of potential moving parts. And we'll be hopefully around to cover all of them. Hopefully we will. <laughs> hopefully the sky will not fall on January the 12th. Bengals Nation podcast. Richard Skinner, thanks all year for, uh, for joining thanks, us. Jim. And uh, we'll see you this offseason. Yep.